0: Mike, Mike, and Huffman. <laughs>
1: Back. Uh, welcome to another episode of Mike, Mike and Oscar We keep trying to tell you guys that we in Connecticut are just in East Hollywood And now we've got the smog to prove it uh, yeah. I am your co-host Mike 1, this is co-host also Mike, the world's on fire in the Northeast, Mike
0: I, It's like we're caught in a Noah Baumbach movie Or whoever <laughs> wrote that gosh darn book This is the airborne toxic event mm-hmm. It's happening outside right now I mean, all our things are cancelled We can't yeah. go anywhere, we're stuck inside They say stay inside, it's like a snowstorm It really is. I don't think it's like a snowstorm, though. It's just like... A little hotter? (laughs) A lot hotter. Well, it's not
1: even hot. That's like... Like, is the smog blocking the sun's rays? Is that what's happening? Like, why has it been so unseasonably cool?
0: It's bizarre. It really is bizarre. The last few days, it's been bizarre. I mean, my my kids had to run out there yesterday. Oh, that's healthy. (laughs) Well, the last two days, really. I was outside all day on Monday... And yeah, I th- I I don't know why. I think it smells like black and miles outside. You I'm do. Not, yeah. You've been you have not on that table there. Big smoker of those, but I have quit and I'm very glad I've I've done so, but yeah, it smells like the the bad end of a campfire. It's it definitely
1: sm- got campfire vibes anytime you step outside. We ha- we're dealing with some smog coming down from wildfires in eastern Canada. And because of the way the jet stream is and blah, blah, blah. I mean, right now they said New York is one of is the most toxic it's ever been in terms of air quality. It's the most toxic air on record in New York City. Uh, If you were stand outside the latest one of the last reports I read, if you were stand outside for 24 hours in this air, it'd be
0: the equivalent of smoking six cigarettes. Mm. Um, So it's just it's fun. It's fun times here. Uh, Well, this is the time the Bigfoots come out of hiding, though. That's oh, we might it, okay. see. So, so now, if you on, look, you went you went off the Bigfoot trail, and now you're back on the Bigfoot trail. Is that? Well, the Sasquatch Chronicles released another episode, and then I another see. one, and then mm-hmm. they did a Jersey Devil episode, which I didn't really care for because ah. that's bullshit. Come on, <laughs> you, anytime, anytime an episode veers into the you know the light. Oh, there was a light. I'm shutting it off. But I mean, the Bigfoot cool. stuff, I. You know, I'm open to it. I'm, let's just say I'm open. a light meaning like extraterrestrial. Yeah, the extraterrestrials, the Jersey Devils, I'm not whatever that I don't hear and have give me a you break. slander Tom DeLong's good name and <laughs> lifelong work, sir. Thank you. But this airborne toxic event, it's prob- the big feeder coming. They're coming, big (laughs) big
1: feet. The big foots and the big feet. Uh, That is not what our episode is going to be about. It should be. What are we talking about? We could be. We could pivot if you want. Uh, (laughs) We are going to talk about the big episode right now. Is uh, the big story? I should say for this episode has to do with uh, the summer of strikes that still may happen. Uh, it's going to happen with the WGA. They're still they're entering their sixth straight week of striking right now. The uh, SAG is likely to follow suit unless some deal gets hammered out awfully quickly by the end of uh, this month. But the DGA will not be joining them, Michael.
0: Yeah, DGA. Apparently, they cut a deal with the Hollywood Studios. Uh, We have not gotten a lot of details about it. Michael, cover a lot of this. So that happens, and the SAG-AFTRA members have approved a strike. So we kind of got a two-pronged story here that you're going to cook with right now. But be careful, because your flames might be worsened. Just by the, the air quality. Yeah. yeah, that's true. We'll see Outside. what happens here. I'll okay. see if
1: I can't snuff myself out a little bit. So this was actually kind of almost identical to what happened with the 2008 Rider Strike. Uh, WGA, WGA went on strike. Everyone thought the DGA might, and the DGA actually propped up the WGA strike to strike a deal with the AMPTP, which is, uh, again, for those that weren't listening to the as we covered this over many episodes, the AMPTP is basically all the studios unionizing, but only for the purposes of Screwing over their writers Mm -hmm. and directors and other guilds in Hollywood. So, this was the precursor move of the WGA strike, like I said, in 2008. Back in April, the heads of the WGA sent a survey out to all of their members. This is the WGA. Of respondents, 98% said they authorized a strike. That is what led us to where we are right now with the WGA strike. A very similar and almost identical thing has happened now with SAG-AFTRA. The SAG-AFTRA, which houses far more members, 160,000 to the WGA, is about 26,000 total members. Uh, SAG sent out a survey asking if they should, uh, if their members would authorize a strike if the ANPTP does not meet their demands. And 98% of SAG respondents Authorize they strike
0: now. I had written out a numbers joke about 156,000 plus people voting for this. However, you corrected me that it's actually it's it's 98 percent of half or around half. Yeah, about which could mean anything. And you Mm -hmm. said that's a you know quoted here to be 65,000 people out of SAG. So that's probably. I mean, look, what do you need to win? A SAG award—it's probably around sixty-five thousand, right? Point. So it's a good I mean, point. Basically, the contingent that voted for everything, everywhere, all at once is also mm. now trying to <laughs> preemptively fight the bagel here. Good. Fight like. the bagel that be. Very good. Let's yes, go. Uh,
1: uh, we, so it was about half of respondents, an overwhelming majority, like I said, 98% of those, about half, uh, say to strike. You only, the threshold to consider or to go forward with a strike was only 75%. They crushed that number. So uh, almost 100% of respondents say let's strike. So if there's not a deal struck with SAG AFTRA and the AMPTP prior to the end of this month, June 30th, we will have. Two of the biggest guilds in Hollywoods being on strike against the studios at large. Now, we warned a few weeks ago that this summer could be the uh, the biggest drama in Hollywood history and it have nothing to do with what's going on on screen. There was a legitimate mm. chance that all three of the major guilds, WGA, SAG-AFTRA, and the DGA, could all be striking. At least two-thirds of that could still come to fruition, but like we said, the DGA will not be joining the ranks of SAG-AFTRA and the WGA. The DGA came to terms on their own deal with the AMPTP last week to avoid their own strike. And looking over, like Mike said, we don't have a lot of specifics of what that deal says necessarily. We have some that I'll get into, but... There is overlap between what the DGA was asking for and what WGA has been asking for from the AMPTP. So I think that inspires hope. That's me editorializing, but here is some of the specifics of the DGA deal with the AMPTP we do have courtesy of Justin Carter of Gizmodo.
0: Yeah, under this new 3-year deal, directors will receive increased wages and benefits, 5% in the first year, then 4% and 3.5 percent for years two and three and a 76 percent boost in residuals from international streaming most importantly they'll receive protections against AI a groundbreaking agreement that confirms AI is not a person and that generative AI cannot replace the duties performed by members
1: so that vote needs to be ratified and accepted, and there's no reason to think it won't be. Uh, it already has been, I'm sorry, by the 6th of June. There's a lot of feelings, and why wouldn't there be? This is a very tense you wrote and hullabaloo. stressful time. Hullabaloo. Me, I was. Yeah, I was, there is was a lot of hullabaloo. <laughs> that was my hullabaloo. favorite word in all this. <laughs> all right, <laughs> That's right. there's my a lot of, I'll stick with it. A lot of hullabaloo uh, about, you know, how members of the WGA and SAG-AFTRA feel about the DGA taking this deal. And again, this was, there are a lot of sour feelings because this was the exact thing that played out in 2008 and it was viewed as a very selfish tactic back then by the DGA. I have reason to believe it's not the same thing this time around, Hmm. but that could be just me being rose-colored glasses with it. But there are a ton of... WGA members who have spoken out, a lot of SAG-AFTRA members who have spoken out negatively about the DGA striking their own deal. It's worth noting that, like I said, the DGA is the smallest of these three guilds. 19,000 members of the DGA versus about 26,000 for the WGA versus 160 plus thousand for SAG-AFTRA. And I, I mean, just logistically, the AMPTP could not afford to have every major guild on strike this summer.
0: So, I'm wondering if this deal helps or hurts negotiations for the other two guilds, WGA and SACS. Yes. We know, as you just, you know, characterized, the DGA is smaller. It's also a total sausage fest. It's a lot of dudes, a lot of Mm dudes sweat. Uh, That being said, I do wonder if the DGA kind of got a deal that, AMTTP whatever, the studios are going to uh, offer to the WGA and SAG something similar and you can kind of take the framework out of the subsequent, hopefully the subsequent WGA and SAG deals from what they did with DGA here. Or, Michael, the ugly flip side of that would be that if this DGA deal kind of boxes out the other two guilds right. because it's meant and catered to a much smaller group that has unique needs and therefore the dga is just a bunch of bond company stooges i don't know what what, (laughs) what's the result here i i think it depends on what sag does
1: i mean if sag stands strong look this dga deal came together very quickly so there's proof that the a and ptp can put together deals that affect thousands of people members of these guilds very quickly i think that's a positive i think if sag stands strong and has the wga's back um, there's going to be even more pressure on the, the studios to give in to the WGA eventually to what they want. And then I think if SAG does officially go on strike, then it will be a the former of what you said. It'll be using the DGA's deal as a building block or a basis for these last two outstanding guilds for these studios to come to Jesus with. I can't, I mean, just think about the amount of card-carrying members of both SAG and, and uh, the WGA. I, I can't imagine SAG would sell out the writers. That would be a terrible look. I mean, the DGA, it's not right. And I think the DGA should would be well invested to like go down and join the WGA on their line still and pick it alongside them, even though that deal is done. Just to, like a show of solidarity type thing. Whether or not the WGA wants them, there is another story. But like, I, I, the DGA can at least fall back on, well, we did this once already. 15 Mm -hmm. years ago. We're still a lot of the same members here. So this is just us being, this is the DGA being the GGA, right? When the Red Sox had to cover for Manny Ramirez, it was always Manny's being Manny. And you just go It's the DGA being the DGA. And you just let them do what they're going to do. If SAG sells out the WGA, I think there's going to be problems for the
0: WGA. Right. That makes sense. And I think ultimately this is a fight for what is included in the pie at the end of the day because we're learning every week with how we study the box office and how we study PVOD and how we study all the revenue streams involved in this in this show business here that we are not getting equitable shakes down to all of the the artists. And these guilds are striking because the new businesses involved with streaming, etc it's not fair it's not fair what's happening in terms of the revenue split that that being said (laughs) these companies are not making money with several of their large revenue streams like streaming that's a major problem so i understand why this is coming to to fisticuffs here uh that being said and without Without getting into an argument yet about Succession <laughs> season four, I am curious which of the Roy children represent these uh, organizations. Michael. Which
1: guild is which Roy child?
0: Yeah, Shiv is probably WGA, but I, I don't. You know think? If w- I'm... I was going to say DGA. You think WGA? No, WGA. Right. Well, anyway, is Kendall SAG? Is Roman DGA? Or if you think if you think Shiv is DGA, then who is Kendall and? And who is Roman? Well, we got to hope that Tom isn't the studios, right? (laughs) (laughs) This is
1: three-dimensional chess (laughs) in terms
0: of spoilers right now. Yeah, it is.
1: Um... I I don't know, because in light of our conversation before we hit record on the mics, I'm just angry at every child in in the Roy family right now. Mm -hmm. So uh, and we'll get to that at the end of this episode. So because I like SAG and I like unions and I like the WGA and what they're asking for. And I think the studios are being somewhat ridiculous in terms of the percentages of what they'll lay out to make content versus what they're willing to pay the content makers. Um, I is, I don't I don't want them any uh, any of them to be Roy children.
0: All right, fine. Well, is Sag Gregging it for WGA? Are they Gregging? Uh
1: so if if Craig is Sag is Greg is the WGA Tom or Kendall? That's the a big WGA difference. would have to be
0: t- I think Tom. No, but you might. You're right. It you might be Kendall. I don't yeah, know.
1: It depends. On, yeah, it depends on what happens there.
0: Though I think if I, you I mean, got spoiled by that, then you should be our therapist. By the way, but <laughs> but but I mean that is to say, I do you read this? Say, I think SAG holds all the cards here. So SAG has to be going into these this three week negotiation, demanding a lot on behalf of the WGA, right? But they're not going to demand everything. I don't think. I mean, there's got to be some demand. Anything on the, I,
1: that's that's what I was wondering today when I was just thinking about this. Like, if if Sag gets in a room with the A and PTP, do they have any burden whatsoever to
0: negotiate on behalf of the WGA and me as a lawyer? My thing would be absolutely not. They're not my client. Three weeks from from now, this thing's got to be decided. So, you go in probably throwing a bunch of WGA stuff as posturing, right? Just as just to get more things in your favor in terms of the demands no because now the the studios' feet are really being held to the fire they they have no leverage they've lost a ton of leverage that you know since SAG is going to shut down the business in a month like if SAG came
1: to the table and was like work out the deal with the WGA first and then come to us would that? Because I've seen projections saying like this: if if SAG goes on strike, it's going to take until the end of the year, which is lunacy to me. But okay, that's fine. That's the studios playing hardball. But like, if SAG came to the table and was like, "If you pound out a deal that's with the WGA, then,
0: yeah, that's bluster," and then come, come to us, like, wouldn't that deal get done in two seconds? The studios are in trouble now. There's a ticking clock on this now because SAG and WGA could shut it down. But I would think so. There's no way the studios last all summer with a with a work and stoppage. we've heard
1: i mean i, I one of the articles I, I read IndieWire gizmodo hollywood reporter deadline i don't remember which article but one of the articles was like you know there are productions that are still ongoing in spite of the wga strike uh like you know that your game of thrones spin off there, house of the dragon is still shooting even though there's no writers on set well they're
0: not going to be if sag goes on strike correct
1: there's nothing to shoot that's <laughs> nobody's a major nobody's problem.
0: acting <laughs> that's a major problem so and, and we fi- we're finally getting a box office comeback, and that's because there is an abundance of product. There's there's basically 2019 levels of product back in theaters and back everywhere where it needs to be for them to make money. I don't know but, how
1: you can. I mean, I understand that streaming doesn't make money, and you know, you got these studios crying poor all of a sudden because they put all this debt into streaming. But like, that's not the writer's fault. That you were irresponsible.
0: You right. still have the money. They're huge conglomerates, right? That's who's arguing with this is this is this is huge conglomerates arguing with thousands of people, literally peasants.
1: I mean, like the the, the, in terms of percentages of what the writers are asking for, it's it's peanuts. It's, you know, I don't at some point, especially in the social climate where back in 08, you know. I think about the 94 baseball strike, too, and how it was, the narrative was, oh, those greedy players. Imagine being paid millions to play a sport. Those greedy players. That doesn't exist anymore. The worm has turned. Like, the social outlook and the social stance of these strikes is worker-backed, union-backed, support the little guy, fight for the underdog. Yeah. I wonder if studios realize how badly they're losing in the court of public opinion. They have to at some point.
0: I hope they do. After Can and after Zaslav is, you know, doing Perrier. A boot giving a
1: commencement speech. I mean, yeah. that comes from somewhere. Pay your—he was getting chanted, "Pay your writers" at a Boston
0: University graduation <laughs> ceremony. You know, the furthest place from Hollywood. It's not a good so, look. Yeah, it's yeah, not a good look. So, but I think I think there's going to be movement on this thing. I, I would I would be shocked if this lasted more than two months. I would be shocked because that would mean even like even the like maybe the studios hold out a month, but they're not going to close their pipeline all, for for the for the entire summer for August as well. I mean, there's no way.
1: I wonder what they have in their you know in the can in the trenches. Uh, there's all kinds of words uh, talked about how there's insurance companies that already won't bond out. Uh, or offer insurance on indie projects at all until after June 30th, until they know what's going on. There's a, there was a Joaquin Phoenix indie project that had to be shut down halfway through because they couldn't get a bond on it. Uh, it's the ripple effect of this. If the SAG, if SAG does end up striking, is going to be something that bleeds into uh, Oscars conversations and awards conversations, obviously box office conversations as well.
0: If it truly did go for a while, then they would have to shift. They would have to shift a lot of titles up the calendar they would have to would it affect fast x at all fast you x could argue one? there are no actors in that
1: <laughs> fast <laughs> x1
0: do you think they just call fast 11 fast x again it's just fast x again fast x2 not fast. 12 <laughs> fast x part fast <laughs> x two. fast x2 this that is actually entire 11. series has changed nomenclature they've changed their abbreviation system the entire time Remember when it was about highways? I almost can respect. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can almost respect it.
1: <laughs> Nonsense. Anyway, like all like all big stories we talk about here on MMO and the Oscar Race Checkpoint News shows, it ends with us talking about Vin Diesel and the Fast franchise. Let's talk about some trailers. We have a new look for the Seth Rogen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem trailer.
0: Yeah, trailer two. We hear a lot of the uh, rich voices here. I, this is this is like Spider Verse. I mean, they picked a lot of cool choices you have Mm -hmm. the four kids playing the four turtles brady noon nicholas cantu uh micah abbey Shimon brown jr they sound like kids they sound like the characters which is a lot which is very cool too jackie chan is playing sprint uh splinter ayo Edabiri is playing april and then ice cube is the villain for uh, the the superfly which is a lot of fun here Mm -hmm. so I'm wondering. I'm wondering if the animation boom continues. Super Mario Brothers, number one movie in the world. We have Spider Verse. Uh, it's going to go double, uh, what what the first film did most likely. We'll get into a box office update. Really fun second trailer here, and you still got a tribe called Quest soundtracking it. So I loved it. More like Spider Verse too. There's different animation types in this. We go from like hand drawn, crudely
1: drawn, kids drawn animation to whatever you want to describe the actual animation of the movie for being and the story is relatable i mean it's i it's i don't think it's uncharted territory even for a teenage mutant ninja turtle movie it's like you Orcs. want to join the mutancy the outcasts <laughs> who want to find their home and find a hmm. sense of community wasn't that like casey jones's arc in the secret of the ooze or something didn't sure. he join the underground be- uh, gang of
0: fight club I got to be honest with you. I don't remember all these stories. And I watched them all growing up. I don't remember them. But it was funny to watch April go, Turtle Mutant Karate Teens, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and jumble that up. And then, oh, my God, whatever Paul Rudd was playing, he was playing the kooky character. People's, they got to go. (laughs) That was a great line. Yeah, so, there was
1: some laugh out loud, like Raph's rage problem in this. Raph's yeah. got a rage problem. It's not a problem. And he goes into a rage. There, there was some funny stuff
0: in this. I loved Raphael. I, Raphael and Leonardo, like my, growing up, John's favorite. That's what I was going to ask you. Was. Uh, I'm trying to think. i No, now I'm getting it confused. I thought John's favorite was Raphael. I had four brothers. We were the yeah. four Ninja Turtles. We mm-hmm. actually dressed up. Like them on Halloween or something. That's some point. adorable. I'm pretty sure. I was always Leonardo because I was the oldest. Of course. I was the leader. Sense. All right. I had to be. I was, mm-hmm. this, I was the oldest brother. And then I think Cliff was always Don. Nobody cares. why, But I we care. were each. A, and John, <laughs> I believe, was Michelangelo. And then I think David was Raphael.
1: Yeah. Michelangelo was my guy. And uh, Brother Schmade was a big Raphael
0: guy. So did you have a pair of neighbors that would be the other two? No, no, screw them. (laughs) You were half of the Turtles? That's right.
1: (laughs) We were just teenage Turtles at that point. I thought only... Neither mutant nor ninja.
0: I thought only uh, quads, to keep the succession (laughs) terminology going. Quads of brothers did this, but no, apparently not, so that's good. Uh, I I can't wait for this. This looks really fun. Yeah, it does. It does look fun. So does was Why was Swell worried about it? Because Seth
1: Rogen... She's she's in love with the franchise. It means a lot to her. It was like one of her big things growing up, but she still uh, holds it near and dear to her heart. So it's just like, you know, when you had Michael Bay giving it the treatment not too long ago, I can understand the trepidation.
0: Those look like mutants. (laughs) Those (laughs) are scary. All right. We'll move on to bottoms. And this trailer, again, this movie coming out of South by Southwest, big hit. This trailer features an unlikely actor, Michael. But yeah. we should have known all along, because Marshawn Lynch was a star even when he was an NFL running back, the Beast Quake himself here, one of the teachers in this film. <laughs> I I laughed
1: like hard three separate times during this
0: trailer, and they all had to do with Marshawn Lynch. He was in who's the arrested development guy? Will Arnett. Will Arnett mm-hmm. did like a some kind of hidden camera slash improvisational comedy special on netflix it's like a whodunit yeah and marshawn lynch was one of the guests in that and yes. he was hilarious <laughs> the entire time conan o'brien's had him on a bunch of times marshawn lynch again hilarious so yeah. this dude is f- legit funny so yeah i wonder if he's improvising here or if he's just his delivery is just killer yeah but some of
1: this stuff has nothing to do with his line like he's just the teacher at his desk in school reading i had to pause it to read the the magazine the magazine's called divorced and happy with a feature of big booty babes every single person
0: <laughs> in this movie would get arrested again i'm like i just came from a high school i'm working with these kids like they all would get arrested immediately you can't have teenage fight clubs
1: yeah well that's uh, i was gonna say the premise is like girl fight club to fight the football team <laughs> and the football kids are wearing their full uniforms in class <laughs> like what is going on
0: here yeah
1: um look rachel senate i give her credit and i love her obviously uh and uh, again ao Edabiri Itabri- in this as well a little old to be playing high schoolers but they're not ben platt either
0: yeah, I I actually looked Because I looked this up. Like these kids look like ten years too old. Yeah. And sure enough I looked up uh Rachel Senate. She's twenty seven, so yeah. I'm right. I mean, right. I get it. Right. Yeah. Too old. A little too old. But it's again, I you know, after dear Evan Hansen, I'm fine with it. <laughs> uh but this is a lively trailer. It's funny. I, I'm I will go opening night all day. Bottoms looks funny.
1: Bottoms is the horniest, bloodiest high school movie of the 21st century. That's the pull quote in the trailer from Rolling Stone, and that's, that's how great. I knew I was officially old because that made me cre- like. Even though these are clearly adults playing high schoolers, yeah. having it called the horniest. Blo- I was like, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch that. So Stop that's it! How I know I'm old. I guess
0: they have to be in their late twenties. <laughs> yeah. 20s to, yeah I mean, again, we we've been over this a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And this has to be, uh, but yeah, really funny, and uh, I look forward to it. But I'm not. Uh, we're none of us are allowed to like it anymore. We're old. Right. That's it. Of course. All right. Let's talk about Talk to Me. This is the Philippou Brothers Sundance horror film from A24 that gets its second trailer today. I've heard a lot of box office prognosticators talk about Talk to Me as one of the sleeper hits uh, potentially for this summer. And honestly I like the first trailer better but the second trailer actually makes this horror film look look like a much bigger story to me look like the action is is throughout this this movie and now I want to see talk to me much more Michael Do you find it hard to root for these kids They're in a horror movie where they're getting they they they're, they're going they're getting dragged to hell in this Yeah movie. but it's their fault yeah, like every horror movie. So you're okay. not really well, rooting wait. for them. You're rooting for them to get dragged to hell, no? Wait, wait, no! You, aren't you rooting for the protagonist to
1: Like, no. Like when it's it about the n-
0: bloodlust. It's <laughs> about the. You're rooting for the devil in this movie.
1: When it comes to, like the Necronomicon and the evil, or like Cabin <laughs> in the Woods or any of these, like it's always the the kids accidentally summon the evil or they don't realize the evil they're playing yeah. with. These kids do. There's plenty. Like, there are multiple chances at this party for them interacting with this freaking monkey's paw hand where they see their friends becoming possessed, and yet they still go through with it? Screw you. I hope hope every apparition kills you.
0: Yeah, because this is the second episode in a row where we're realizing what horrible people we are. Like, last episode... I was admitting to the fact that I don't have any unconditional love in mm-hmm. my person. I just, I, I always put conditions on, the, <laughs> on love. Period. Never mind in movies, because of course in movies you have mm-hmm. to win my favor. Right. And here, of course, I'm rooting against the protagonists in these horror films. You are you telling me you watch Halloween and you're not rooting for Michael Myers? You're not well, rooting for I, Jason? you didn't root for Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween? Well, the final girl. I'm rooting against all those other idiots, though. Well, okay, I that's because s- those movies were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> scream, you're not... I mean, I guess scream. No! What are you talking about? But like a stupid horror movie, you're always rooting for the bad guys.
1: Wait a like, Wait, wait, wait. You just said this one's A24, it looks high quality, it looks like a bigger deal. But this, now it looks like want, a... But you don't want this to be a stupid
0: horror movie, do you? But it kind of looks like a big, <laughs> stupid horror movie. They, they're they're grabbing a statue's hand and going into the netherworld. It's I still agree. a stupid it's, horror. Movie. They look. They deserve. I hope they never come back. I hope their parents are miserable. Like <laughs> fuck these kids. <laughs> but that's why it's probably going to make two hundred million dollars. <laughs> Maybe. I was
1: offended by this trailer. Like as a horror aficionado, I was like, this is outlandish. <laughs> But they want they want to all watch each other, you know. If this actually happened in real life and like it was a result of a high school party, mm-hmm. my re- my reaction to the news would be good. Screw they these kids! They get exactly it. what you asked I for.
0: I agree. But that ha- that's the same thing for every one of these horror franchises. But it's right? not like Cabin in the Woods. You evil didn't root dead for the, for the girl in the.
1: No, you're rooted for Ash and yeah, Evil Dead. but
0: you're rooted for him. But they deserved it. They, pu- they took the Book of the Dead out and they read from I, it. You're, it you're not wrong. Made you're of right. Human you're skin. right. You're right. But I guess where
1: I draw the line is like, at least in the Evil Dead, they don't know the severity of the evil they're dealing with when they, t- when they talk about the Necronom. The- these kids watch their mm-hmm. friends become possessed by the <laughs> devil. For fun. Yeah.
0: And they're like, oh, Every let day. try. You're right. You're right. No, they deserve it. But I'm glad they deserve it. Now we can root for them to get their desserts. I hope they die immediately. I hope it's a
1: 14-second movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're really struggling with stakes. I was so angry at that. I was, it
1: might have been a result of Succession. It might have been a little bleed-off of my
0: feelings about the Succession finale. But watching this trailer, I was I was viscerally upset. Well, let's move on to a box office update. I think uh Talk to Me is going to be a fun uh, little film study <laughs> in August <laughs> or at early August, right? Cuz it comes out late July. Yeah, I think, I think it is. So. Yeah. All right. Uh Spider-Man: Across the Spider-Verse, 120.6 million dollars wow. at the domestic box office. We were hoping uh, you know, projections of of 110, 115 were going to come true. 120. Outpaced that is them all. a Major overperformance, 87.9 internationally for a $208.5 million worldwide box office cum. Apparently, it did $13 million yesterday on a Monday domestically wow. as well. And we have that being, I mean, triple. I can't do math. More than triple the box office of Into the Spider-Verse from 2018. And that was Christmas. That was the Christmas Corridor 2018-12-18-18. 2018 was the opening weekend for Into the Spider-Verse, which did 35 million and wound up doing 190 total domestically and 194 internationally for a CUME, a worldwide CUM of 384. It's gonna pass 384 middle of this week, Mike. Remember when Disney fired Lord and Miller from their solo movie? Mm. (laughs) That seems unwise now. (laughs) Yeah, the MCU. And uh, Kathleen Kennedy's Star Wars universe there, they deserve some comeuppance because they have they've kicked some really good Mm -hmm. creators out. Yeah, no, I mean, what can you say about this? This
1: is a smash, smash hit of all smash hits. And to outpace, those projections kept rising, and to still outpace those projections is not something we see, uh, certainly in a pre-summer movie, certainly in an animated movie, certainly in a Sony Marvel movie. That's just not, it's not stuff that's usual to see. So this is, I mean, Sony's got to be
0: dancing all the way to the bank on this. As for the second place finisher at the uh, box office last weekend, I am upset that swell yourself myself we were all right about the little mermaid and being worried about it and Mm -hmm. we were all wrong about it as well and we're happily wrong because we wanted it to be good and it is good and domestically it's holding okay Mm -hmm. 56.7 percent drop to to a 41.3 domestic uh weekend number two 186 total now domestically however it is flopped Overseas, especially in Asia, where a lot of articles have come out about the racial backlash. And it's just dismaying that it's not going to do very good business at all overseas. It's up to 141 now for a 328 worldwide cum. That's again through Sunday. I didn't counter, I didn't uh, add the Monday box office for a little more. Yeah,
1: you warned of this last uh, ORC when we were talking about the box office and how the international was very slow on the uptake. And I was like, what's going on? Why? It didn't even, I mean, you know for whatever reason uh, as much as we talk about systemic issues and casual racism and all that bs that's still way too prevalent and pervasive in the movie industry much less life at large it just didn't i was being naively hopeful i guess and asking why that would be but like you said the trades have covered it this week it does seem to be a race issue and that's disgusting and wrong and gross and terrible and i hate everything
0: yeah it's it's really upsetting and it it, it it's a such a fun movie a uh, 250 million dollar budget for little Mermaid, mm-hmm. so it it's probably, probably got to make 750 worldwide to to get ahead and that's not going to happen so no. i'm wondering it'll, does it'll the happen little mermaid. The back end. yeah sorry i stepped well, but, all over you there but that's fine does, does the little mermaid does the little mermaid make sense for a pvod early run because we've seen disney kind of milk the longer windows uh in many a case or do they just put it on disney plus is that still a thing is that going to boost their their disney plus subscriptions what do you think?
1: It's a good question. Um is Disney Plus, I mean, has the have the new Star Wars series boosted Disney Plus, you think?
0: I can't remember the last time I watched anything on Disney. Yeah, Plus. me either. Probably me either. The, that's why uh, I asked.
1: But you were always more into it than I was, which is the why. Mandalorian
0: last episode. So that's,
1: yeah, I mean, I mean I, but Disney Plus has these lulls too, don't they? Didn't we talk about this not like a couple of years ago too? They came yeah. out hot and strong, and with the uh, with the Mandal of, like Mandalorian season one, I think. And then they went through a lull and didn't have much new content. And then they charged back and put all these big budget stuff. Like they have, you know, those three new Star Wars series that should be hitting. I don't know. I, I think on the back end, uh, you're going to make money on this on PVOD regardless. One. Two, merchandising I would think is going to help a lot, a lot soften yeah. the blow. So, in clothing and stuff like that for kids. So, I would
0: think no matter what you do, you're probably going to end up okay with this. I almost went to see the Boogeyman a few times. That did fairly well, 123 Domestically, in its opening weekend, 7.5 internationally for a 19.8 worldwide cum on a $35 million budget. That's fairly strong for a horror movie, showing that horror continues to do well at the box office. 60% Rotten Tomatoes. I, I, I was going to see it. Are you going to watch The Boogeyman at some point? Yeah, well, I'll definitely watch it at some point. Um, it's gotten a lot of hype. Damien Desmalkian
1: has talked glowingly about it in interviews. He's really enjoyed his time there, really enjoyed the director, Rob Savage. Um, he's one of King your guys. Has-
0: David Dastmalchian, he's an MMO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Stephen King has the rights to the Boogeyman. It's a it's a Stephen King short story, I believe. Adaptation. Right,
1: but so we've seen adaptations go far afield from their source material before, mm. and you still got to give credit to the original writer. So, does like any Boogeyman story has got to be a? Tri- <laughs> that's a it's a sweet gig for him, I think.
0: <laughs> sweet gig for Stephen King. Yeah. Stephen King's got it made. He's he's yeah. gonna go far. Sure does. Yeah, uh, he's he's got a future in this business. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 came in fourth 10.6 million its fifth weekend at the domestic box office holding very strong only a minus 48.7%. It is now done 781.8 worldwide so really strong word of mouth, a lot of good reviews from it. It's also playing in China that we should say that. 781.8 worldwide probably finishes over 8 815 825 at the end of the day. Guardians 3 is going to um, surpass the first film i think it already has and then it's going to get close to the second film i think or did that get a billion i can't remember but no
1: i think they were each like around between eight. like 750 and 820 or something like that yeah
0: so i think it's going to surpass the second film there which is Probably pretty good for yeah. Guardians three. I yeah, you gotta you gotta be happy with that. We're on a run there too. I mean, FastX does over half a billion, even though it's impossible for that thing to be profitable just that on the seats. Is a disaster, isn't it? Fast X I have nine, no idea. <laughs> nine point five million in its third weekend, minus minus fifty eight point three percent domestically, after a huge fall in its yes. second weekend, one twenty eight now domestically, is a bomb that is so bad it's doing well internationally does it have long legs internationally is the question do we see fast x put to PVOD or peacock soon like that is a major problem they are in trouble here that was a three what was that a 350 million dollar budget 300 i thought but either way yeah good god
1: Uh, yeah major Uh,
0: problems I would think this is going to have long
1: legs internationally just because the overly FX, big, bangy, explosive movies do. Um, Michael Bay's kind of made his living lately, you know, with that type of stuff on, on international rigs. So I would think this does well overseas. Yeah, domestically, maybe we'll see it on a PVOD or a streaming network soon. Again, I don't know if it matters. Like, you can't make that movie expecting to make money on receipts with it. So I don't know if it matters to Universal that it's
0: only doing $600 million so far. I don't understand that logic. You said Me- that last episode. I, I, but I don't understand.
1: Here. But if you it- green light this movie, do you ju- ju- honestly think
0: you're doing 1.2 billion? Before the pandemic, the Fast movies did well well over a billion overseas. Never mind here. No, only two of them passed a billion ever. Yeah, but those last two, seven and eight. Mm, but not nine. Nine came out so- in, the, in the, you know, the before time. The before before time, the bad time. Before time, <laughs> during before the, bad time, the yeah. airborne toxic event. Yeah, part one. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, we're this is gonna be this is gonna be aliens, isn't it? I'm gonna so. have just take us out. Yeah, I'm t- but this smog is aliens. I that, would
1: sell out the human race. I would be team alien. You couldn't even blink how fast I would be team alien.
0: Super Mario Brothers did <laughs> <laughs> 1.3 billion. Good They're over them. here! <laughs> the two comedians that tried to put comedies out into theaters, Sebastian Maniscalco and Burt Kreischer, those movies did not do well. 9.1 for About My Father, 8.8 for The Machine. Those are the worldwide box office cumes and millions there, Michael. Not good. You saw The Machine. You weren't impressed by it. I mean, it's worth a, a dozen cackles, a good good few laughs, but no, mm. I, I I didn't see him about my father. I, I'm okay. I, I'm not a huge fan of Sebastian Maniscalco. He's been he's been good as a bit part guy, character actor, and a few things. I'm pumped that Evil Dead Rise kept doing well, and I'm Still pumped going. that Past Lives, yeah, you know, is on this uh, box office report today because Past Lives did thirty two ter- 232 at four theaters. I almost. I literally got in a car to go to get Mm -hmm. on a train, except I'm missing my train because traffic was so bad Yeah, where we are that I'm like, if I miss my train, I can't go to eat before the movie. I have to go straight to the movie. Right. And you're only human. Why would I go to New York City if I'm Mm -hmm. not going to be able to go to P.J. Clark's before my movie? Makes sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) I was bummed. I was bummed. I almost went the next day and then I, I just couldn't do it. Anyway, uh past lives, please come to Connecticut. What are we doing? We've got a couple weeks. That's that'll
1: that'll come out. It's gonna go wide. I think the
0: twenty third is the date for it. So Yeah, I wanna review that. Well, I'm jealous of a lot of people. This is when I wanna get screeners or get screenings. Yeah. Yeah. We will do some reviewing the reviewers, Michael, because it's too irresistible not to hear. Transformers. Rise of the Beast, 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. You got a coin flip for this baby. 63 reviews. This was 71% on 31 reviews yesterday. So I was gonna give a much more favorable set of reviews here. But, yeah, we, we got some fun ones to read. Start with Frank Sheck from THR. These Hasbro action
1: figures and their on-screen incarnations are capable of reducing even the most mature, jaded
0: adult into an awestruck child who just wants to get down on the floor and play with them. I like that. I love that. He wants to play with yeah. toys. He's a man. He's old. <laughs> and he still want, likes toys. All right. It's kind of remarkable what can be done with a Transformers movie with a director who actually likes <laughs> these characters. That's Mike Ryan from Uproxx. Wow. Really, a
1: little backhanded compliment there, uh, Christian Zilko <laughs> of IndieWire. It's as if some executive saw Mattel and Greta Gerwig turning Barbie into genuine art, so they made a George Costanza-style decision to veer in the opposite direction purely out of spite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. Yeah, it's nice. And then we had Rise of the Beast is another generic story about an intergalactic menace from the sky and carries all the plot predictability of a broken clock. That is Valerie Complex of Deadline Hollywood. So, it sounds like it could be cool for people who like to play with toys on the floor. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you will enjoy it if you're a George Costanza-style spiteful person. <laughs> style spiteful person. And otherwise, it's probably not an Oscar contender. Or, Or is it for VFX? At what
1: point does that whole franchise just get a reboot like we were still it's the still the same megatron the this same soft, optimus
0: prime soft reboot here right because this is the beast wars saga sure but it's I the know. same
1: voices and style of shooting and actual transformation
0: vfx you know well, who's in the what is the reboot though the reboot is is what? It's J.K. Simmons. It could be, uh, give it to Wes Anderson. Who the fuck knows? It could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> give it to Wes Anderson. All right. I'll, I'll get behind that. MMO. T- you got some hot takes today. I appreciate that. We'll move on to The Flash. <laughs> the Flash has been seen 72% on 86 reviews. We're aggregating Michael Reed a review. Mm. Although it's not without some fun
1: moments, the flash often substitutes cameos for genuine thrills and a general aura of exhaustion hovers over it all. Esther Zuckerman of Bloomberg said that, a general aura of exhaustion. <laughs> That's how all my dates have described me. <laughs>
0: Uh, I have a, a review from Don K of Den of Geek. He says the Flash is everything that much of the last 10 years of DC-based movies have not been. It's fast-paced, character-driven, and most importantly, in love with the comics and the iconic superheroes themselves. So... That's that's an encouraging one. We'll kind of vacillate between bad and good here. At least they're saying it kind of honors the subject material, which, again, according to me and what I've seen in, in terms of some cartoons in my own life, I mm. like this story. So mm. if they do this story justice, I'm in. I still don't think I can justify seeing it and spending money on
1: it myself. Uh, Jeffrey Lyles of Lyles Movie Files feels feels like the first DC film in a long time, like Superman too long, that finds the ideal balance of action, engaging plot, likable characters whose default personality isn't shades of brooding with equal parts pathos and fun. That's a good review. Yeah,
0: another good review. Uh, now we have Nate Adams, the only critic. He says, runs around in circles. So, mm. Michael, we're left to ask the question, will it go round in circles? Will it fly high like a bird up in the sky? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Will it go round in circles? Mm-hmm. Will it fly high <laughs> like a bird up in the sky? Michael, I what you Billy Preston was really talented. We have, <laughs> we have two movies that we never expected to like. One is a fifty percenter, the other is currently a seventy percenter. Do you think it goes down to a fifty percenter or the Flash? Do you think this is strong word of mouth? Do you think these movies bomb at the end of the day? Because I, I'm kind of afraid. Like this is tentpole shit here. This is high stakes gambling, and I'm not sure it's gonna work. I don't think the Flash bombs. Well, like what? Are, what do they gotta make? I mean, it's just two hundred million, so they gotta make six hundred million a piece. What's is that the uh, is that the budget? two hundred. I don't know. We should look at it. But I'm looking at Transformers having a Beast Wars audience, right? Uh, yes. Koimoy.com, I just typed
1: it in. The, fl- the this is the headline. The Flash's humongous budget of over three hundred million makes it the ninth <laughs> most expensive movie ever made. So it's got to make a billion dollars to be profitable. But that's why I also say, Mike. Like, well, first of all, the Flash shouldn't be released. I stand by that. God bless Michael Keaton and everyone involved. I hope Ezra Miller gets the help they need. I don't. I, this movie should have been shelved. Um, that's my stance. You can agree with disagree. I don't care. Um, if you are going to release it, like you can't expect to make
0: money on it. There is no way. They don't make these movies not to make money, Michael. I understand that, but you are like like you have to just be recouping
1: whatever you can. It's, at a certain point you are not releasing this a three hundred million dollar budget movie to make money on it. Unless you're Marvel or Star Wars, some Disney entity.
0: I, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> they have to. The tent poles are getting out of control. That's for sure. Uh, Transformers budget, by the way, is uh, two hundred million, and so yeah, they they have to make. Th- I mean, million. that's
1: are Transformers going to make six hundred million on that?
0: That on Optimus that, Prime that, talking like least, this for the eleventh straight movie. At least there's a chance there. Like that, that can make some sense to me. They can hit that number, perhaps. Nine hundred million for the flash. I I mean maybe. Probably not though. Maybe overseas.
1: Again, it's one of those big budget VFX reliant superhero big bang explosion type things. Maybe.
0: I, I doubt it. That that's gonna be That's not going to be good. That's not going to be good for the, for the, I mean, it's good for movie theaters because movie theaters has got all the product, but again, these studios are getting their asses whooped by the streaming business. And if there's a couple of flops in a row that again, that might tie into our lead story here. Marvel's got to be
1: just pissed at all these studios doing all this VFX shit. Because that's it used to be what made Marvel special and why they could justify their budget and how they did make money on all these. But now, like, we see so many of these copycat, big-budget VFX movies that just have terrible plots. And I think that kind of adds to the watering down of how we are right. kind of, like, yeah. over Marvel at this point.
0: I agree. I agree. That's definitely happening. Uh, and, you know, Eric Weber's always talked about clogging the box office yeah. with crowding the box office with other fare and it it it, her- it hurts it hurts these other movies. We will uh, move on to a calendar update and really it's it's kind of two-pronged. First of all, we have the BAFTA awards setting their dates for the 75th and those will happen on Sunday, February 18th of 2024. That is three weeks before the Oscars. They will open up voting December 8th for the short lists, or excuse me, long lists, that get published on January 5th. Uh, That is, you know, that is kind of the the new school BAFTA goings on here, so they're not changing their format in that regard. We were wondering if BAFTA was going to, shake up their whole system here but it doesn't seem like it january 18th we'll have the bafta nominations announced and february 18th we'll have those awards so to put that into some context we have we have the golden globes and the critics choice in early january the 7th and the 14th respectively yep We have Oscar nominations the 23rd of January. So we got something every week there in January, Michael. Mm -hmm. We have the SAG Awards following the BAFTAs. So the 18th is is the BAFTAs. The SAGs and the PGA and Spirits are the following weekend of the 24th and 25th. And then the Oscars, of course, are on March
1: 10th. So we get all of the precursors out of the way, and then we have like a a two-and-a-half-week runtime there until the Oscars?
0: Yeah, we don't have DGA dates yet. We don't have... Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we don't have We don't have some...
1: Jump the gun there.
0: Some other... Uh, uh, for all, we, we may not have
1: the WGA or the SAGs. <laughs> they exactly. May, they may be on strike by then, so who knows? Well,
0: that would be something, huh? What, we, sure what would. would we program that week with? Transformers rewatch series. <laughs> God, help us. <laughs> uh, the other part of this story is that can re at the same timing on the calendar for next year... Uh, of what they did this year. So they must be happy with how this past Cannes Film Festival went. They're going to go five fourteen May 14th, through the 25th of next year. This year's uh, ceremony for the Cannes Awards ended on the 27th of May. So, yeah, it seems like they did good business. They'll go for it again, Michael. When do you think Harrison Ford realized he had to be in France? He, uh... He had a good time, apparently, right? He was up there crying. He was and crying.
1: I mean, there's no way underst- he was.
0: He wasn't like looking forward to being there, <laughs> right? But he doesn't understand that five minutes of applause, <laughs> just literally just, ovation, ovation, five minutes does not equal positivity. It's the equivalent not of somebody putting their thumb on their nose and giving equal a raspberry. success, right? No, it's. it's it's bad news, yeah. and, it, and he should have timed it. Mm-hmm. He should have entrusted us to time he it. All us. right, that's right. We need to finish with a succession season four segment here before we get into some spoilers. Yes, we will spoil it. I just kind of, I, I, I guess, I was wondering where this would stack up for you in terms of series, all time series. But now I'm just going to ask myself because you didn't like it. Well, no, no, no. I didn't like the the literal ending of the show. Did you like the Sopranos ending? Did you like? I mean, the... that's a loaded question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, like, I am stunned. into de- When I watched it, when I was like, whatever, I was like 14, 15 when the Sopranos went off the air, maybe 13. Mm-hmm. N- no, I thought my cable went out like everyone else did. <laughs> um, <laughs> It has since become one of my favorite endings to a TV show ever, though. Yes, really? Yeah, but I like, I like ballsy, you know, like I liked, I even was, was justifying Halloween kill. I just like the audacity. Take the attempt, do something off base, try something new. I like
0: that. Hmm. I, uh, I was a fan of this ending. I mean, I'm, we're going to get into it in a minute, but you're right. It it was a ballsy move to a degree. How does that, cause I never finished the wire. I'm like three seasons into the wire I didn't love season two. I was I was into season, season two. Is, three. I am not crazy about season two. Yeah, you're you're right to question that. Um, the wire also does
1: not hold up well at all. Really, like it's great. It's still really good TV. I don't think you can watch it in 2023 and say it's like a top three show of all time. It does. It just does not hold up.
0: It does. We, we started a movie podcast, and unlike you, I have a hard time going back and, and watching all the old shows. Now the OGs. So like like Breaking Bad, I'm glad I watched it back when. I never finished Mad Men. I've never finished Better Call Saul. You never finished Mad Men. You should finish no. Mad Men. It's it's good, satisfying. Yeah, it's, when is there time? I have to watch 400 movies a year, <laughs> or else the or aliens else. will invade. <laughs> so, all right, do we? Put on a little spoiler warning here for Succession Season 4. Well, let's say goodbye to the people. Before we
1: do spoilers,
0: where do you put it? Where where is Succession? Oh, yeah. It'd be nice if I answered my big setup there. All right. I I don't think it's on the level of The Sopranos. I'm glad for the brevity of four seasons, though. I agree. It's a much better finale finale for me than game of thrones game of thrones was very disappointing. i mean it's not the season the final seasons of both and i didn't watch game of thrones i just watched the final season of game of thrones that was garbage <laughs> six feet under had perhaps the best hbo finale ever that was the most satisfying to me I'm, what I'm is that the back. best
1: final season of anything you've watched
0: what a, well final episode could might have been the best okay final anything boardwalk empire Solid. I mean, I can go on and on, like uh, all these HBO shows. And so in terms of the HBO pantheon, it's below The Sopranos. It's below Six Feet Under for me. I mean, Game of Thrones as a whole series was better than Succession, in my opinion. But Succession, pound for pound, episode to episode, is pretty darn good. I just wasn't as much of a fan of it. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Like, it's it's a B-plus
1: series for me. It's, like, mm. it's really, really good TV, but I don't think it's, like, all... I never once thought I was watching something that's, like, all-timer. Like, Breaking Wing. Bad, I thought I was watching something special. Did you watch all The West Wing? N- I've never watched The West Wing.
0: The West Wing is good. I have good to stuff. watch. I know. I Aaron love Sorkin. Stewart. I love politi- politics. I, I, ha- I just never have gotten around to it. It's a little pie-in-the-sky, very optimistic so maybe you idealistic, won't like it yeah it's idealistic it's very optimistic and idealistic and it's i don't know if it i don't know how i would rank the west i mean the west wing is kind of the reverse succession breaking bad how do you how do you you it's rank breaking bad best show of all time head and shoulders above it okay it's i i my
1: the best shows of all time for me is breaking bad one the shield too
0: <laughs> i almost wrote the shield down here but i thought that would be uh I think the Shield has the best first episode of any series ever. That's fine. I agree. The first season was awesome. However, I'm placating you by saying the Shield. There, I'm not. I'm not, done, not. I'm done placating you. I'm, just, I'm done with it. You didn't like I, it? You didn't like the Shield? I stopped watching the Shield. There's another show I just stopped watching. I, I have stopped so, so many shows. Dexter. Let me tell you. The Shield me, better call Saul. Yeah.
1: Dexter, you could get away. That's fine. The Shield. You want to talk about all-time se- season finale series finales? Really? The Shield
0: has one of the best series finales of all time. Huh. Well, that's that's encouraging. Yeah. Did you ever watch what was the motorcycle show? The- no, never watched it. Sons of Anarchy. Never, Sons of Anarchy, I never watched that. No. I anyway. I Friday Night Lights. I weirdly enough, I've never watched Friday Night Lights. I have people swearing. Season to me that one that's, is that's never-
1: some of the greatest TV of all time. Season three is really satisfying. Season two was horrific. Not uncoincidentally, season
0: two uh, had issues because of the rider strike, two thousand eight. Battlestar Galactica was a great show. I don't know if I'd rate Succession over Battlestar Galactica. I, th- I mean, for me, Succession is Mad Men. I mean, I would put that on the same okay. tier. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, jump the shark. Oh, you didn't <laughs> like it? I thought you were serious. No, I, l- I loved about it. it. I, I don't get me wrong. I watched that whole damn thing, but that g- that got weird really fast. Um, uh, I so yeah. All right, so you put it on Mad Men. I, I would probably put it on Veep, Veep. levels. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Yeah, that's about. That's I'd say that's fair. Which is high. It's high. Yeah, it's like absolutely. Top top 20 TV show ever. Yeah,
1: I think that's absolutely fair. All right. And now so, I'm going to yell about the finale. So this could be a good spot for a spoiler warning.
0: Spoilers ahead. <laughs> All right. Talk to me. You did not like Shiv's betrayal here. Shiv being the one to screw Kendall makes no sense to me in the
1: aspect of, or the, I guess the view of, these three kids are pieces of shit. But they're pieces of shit because they've always lusted after their father's approval and love, which they never got. So the big series finale is this almost impromptu meeting at their mother's house, their one remaining parent, still, who is alive, at their mother's house. They have this big kumbaya moment, and they decide inherently, we are enough. We're going to give each other the acceptance, approval, and love that our father never gave us. So if you do that... To have Shiv at the end just decide I'd rather be princess, I'd rather be queen to the throne with Tom than princess under Kendall and come up with these bullshit reasons to me, it totally undermines that ending that happened at mom's house. It makes no sense to me. It would make more sense in a poetic way if Roman was the one to throw the the vote because he threw the vote at the start of the show. And they were I, lead, they were writing to lead to that, yeah. and then it felt like they just wanted
0: to do a misdirect
1: for misdirect's
0: sake and have it be shit. Uh, I, I I'm not gonna get into the whole melodrama accusation like you are necessarily. However, I get that it's it's still a swerve, but it's a swerve that's just happened time and again on this series. Like we saw Ken and Rome box her out at the beginning of this season and take the duel. CEO job, and she was not happy about that. But she went along with with it. it. She then turns on them and starts working for Skarsgård. Yes. Behind their back. They are turning on each other, Ken and Rome. And then once she is boxed out of the Skarsgård Swedish Which she wouldn't have known about if it wasn't for Kendall in the first place. She... I guess in that instance, reluctantly joins forces with them. And of course, when it is, you know, c- nut crunch time or whatever they call that, nut cutting. Ew, that's a, that's a gross <laughs> saying. <laughs> but I cut the nuts. Ew. How many ways can you skin a cat? <laughs> <laughs> so many horrible sayings in our vernacular. Anyway, we have we have Ken taking charge here it was never going to be a triarchy right T- ken just takes charge and in the final moments i thought it was poetic that she cannot allow ken to win they have the votes they're going to win 7 to 6 they know it and she waffles and ruins her relationship with her brother forever but she, so, but it, it's to her own detriment
1: Yes, she. Stuck that makes with no time. sense. She's done everything. Each one of them have done everything in this show to their to position themselves better at the end. I mean, Jerry obviously said it on the nose. You know, how does it benefit me? That's been the 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 pathos of the entire show, which I understand. But that's been like Shiv's M O. That's been Roman's M O. That's been Ken's M O. And then she chooses to s- screw over her brother to put herself in a worse position. That doesn't make any
0: sense to me. She wanted the the deal, the Gojo deal, and she wanted to buy Pierce, right? Which is what, the equivalent of the New York Times? Sure. At the beginning of the series. So, I mean, it makes sense to me in terms of her motivations at that point. But you're right. I think she she just does not want she hates Kendall. Right. It's and that's that, that that makes no to, to if
1: that's the reasoning, if that's the baseline reasoning for why she did it, I hate it. I it, it makes I, it absolutely makes no sense to me. You hate your own brother more than you want your own life to be better. That doesn't. Well, equate. But She's gonna
0: make out here,
1: and never Some mind. And never
0: mind the Tom stuff. Who cares about Tom? I mean, but, whatever. But that's she does what you. Well, no, no, no. But Tom's she's the biggest gonna make out. Tom's
1: she's the biggest gonna make cog out of all
0: of this for her. The
1: only she's, reason she does that to Ken is because Tom's the guy.
0: What is her settlement out of this? What is? Is it a billion dollars? Is it seven hundred million? I mean, Who she's gives gonna a be shit. fine. Who gives a shit? It's the, it would be the same either way for her. But she, I'm, I'm, What I'm saying is they're all coming out of this fine. Except, of, of course, like relative to you and me. So she does not want her king. <laughs> they ambitions. don't care about the
1: money. They want the power. They want the power. She would have more power if she backed Ken. Yeah. What the, what the fuck? <laughs> but she doesn't want Ken to be the king. I hate it. I hate it. There's no, there has never been Ken a moment. should
0: not be the king. I mean, that is I agree, poetic like, that he's that, that, not the
1: king. That, Kendall should not end up with the company. I completely, like, they're tragic figures. I get it. They're awful people. The guy should have to be bullshit. screwed. I end. mean, yeah.
0: Rome, I, I Roman said I agree with it. all that.
1: I agree with you 100%. But there's a billion other ways you could have done it other than, shiv chooses her hatred for kendall or her jealousy or whatever you want to attribute it to over her own self-best interest which makes no sense it's not the type of character she was written to be
0: if if kendall could have mended that relationship he would have the company he would have everything he ever wanted he would have roman should have screwed kendall roman and jerry should have ended up with the company roman
1: yes roman's a complete buffoon yeah, but think about the subtext in that. <laughs> like, think about what you're saying about corporations and big business and all these Murdoch yeah. kids and everything. If you Well, if you that's, it to what, a,
0: that's my last question here. How close is this to the actual Fox News family saga? I don't know anything about the Murdochs. I really don't. I mean, you probably know more. I, I don't know much about it. I know they yeah. seem to be on not on the exact same page as their father when it comes to political leaders. I know there's an oldest brother. Yeah. And I yeah. know there's a younger brother. I don't know if there's a shift, Roy I, I'm guessing there is. I, do you I, think anyway. those
1: backroom conversations about picking president that way actually happens?
0: Oh, God help us. God help I us I hope all. not.
1: And if they I do, not. I cannot <laughs>
0: imagine Donald Trump and Joe Biden are the guys. In, those. This, in terms of the season, though, I mean, the father dying episode, the was great. election night episode. That's great. It's great stuff. Some very of the compelling. best TV that we've, yeah. we've seen all year. So it's probably winning the Emmy this year, right? I mean, it's... Well, it won it every other freaking year, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of sweet. It's,
1: knowing what we know about the Television Academy, they love giving send-off seasons when they can't, when it's appropriate, you know? Yeah, I mean, they kept this one
0: short, four seasons. Wow. it was Look, it, it was can't-look-away TV. I was engaged to oh, the yeah. very, very end. Mm-hmm. I wonder... Yeah, I wonder if you're right or not. I don't trust you just as in general life. That's fair. I don't tr- I don't I'm trust a snake. you. I I like I do I have to study it now? No, I'm, I'm a man of no
1: it. principle whatsoever. I just say things a lot of times.
0: You you, you don't think it, you you thought
1: it was melodrama. I I so. just it, it it made, you know, it's the it's the exact same argument I have with Parasite. Actually, you had you were Team Shiv. No, no, no. no. It's it's you were telling me that you were writing this character I, I I got to know what was important to that character and what their priorities in life were up to that point. And then it feels like and the big culmination was you deviating from that path for the sake of shock value. Because it, to me, it wasn't substantiated.
0: But she had been betraying her brothers this whole for her own self-interest and, and twice during for her the... own self-interest. Yeah. Yeah, but this is but, not but, her own self-interest. This is spite. It is in her interest to spite her brother. I, would, I mean, I would
1: the, the the easy argument to say this is most this is more in Shiv's best interest is the Tom thing. She's closer with Tom than she would be to Kendall, which I get, but she still doesn't have an official title within the company.
0: No, they did. Did you see how they held hands? It was the g- grossest thing I've ever well, seen in my life. It's they came to a realization a while. I mean, that I did
1: appreciate. They came to the you know the Tom and Shiv relationship was one of convenience more than one of
0: feeling. I just think she's self destructive. She's she doesn't want to be happy. Her her relate everything in her life has been self-destructive i just think like i picture these kids doing this their whole lives to each other betraying each other like like playtime every day them doing this to each other for their father's favor you're right go ahead but jesus uh the stakes have been raised mm. so now what like all right this is done lasso's done Lasso is good by the way no good good I'm glad great you finale uh, Mazel's done. Mazel was great. What is Barry the TV was show? Well, I guess none if the SAG goes on strike. But <laughs> <laughs> that, I was looking at it. I have again. I have to watch the Showtime show, the Yellow Jackets.
1: that's yeah, probably that's, when I'm that's, start that's next. in
0: the conversation. You're right. But that but that's already done. Like I didn't watch season two, so I got to go back. Better. I, I, I'm behind. I'm chasing it on the television side. I know. I know we well, got I like, like I haven't started. I haven't started Yellow Jacket, but I'm like, what's going to be the show of the moment? Well, like, The Idol what... and Euphoria is The Idol that big a deal? The Idol like, had film less. Twitter. Than,
1: the Idol had less than a million people tune into its premiere.
0: Really? Yep.
1: That's not going well.
0: Zaslav liked it though. <laughs> I really don't want to watch it. Do you? I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, have, I have zero interest in watching the show. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. I got to look at the TV landscape. I don't know. I don't. I don't have. I don't have a ten episode. ARC ready for the uh, year and preview of television. Well, get on that. Like <laughs> <laughs> Mike and Emmy is not coming anytime soon. But no, I mean, we got we got Emmy noms, actually. I shouldn't say that. Emmy noms. We
1: when are uh,
0: those this month?
1: No, they're, but they're, they're are they next month. The show oh, is in Jesus September. Christ, we suck. Well, worst. this is not We're not. We're Oscar. Come on. No, we don't. This is not our area. We're two idiots talking about television right now.
0: <laughs> unqualified. I like how you, every time it's unqualified Emmy. That's what we are. We don't, I yeah. mean, we
1: spend the only thought we put into our TV takes are when
0: we are on mic talking about TV. <laughs> I kept my Google's not. Why is my Google not working? Oh, boy. The this aliens have invaded. The aliens are They came for our routers. First, they came from my router. <laughs> <laughs> and I said nothing. The date of the Emmys is September 11th. <sighs> that is a nothing bad arrowing there. So when it. No, that's. Oh, my God. I just meant are they this, in like June or are they in uh, like September or Noms announced? I they are. in. I, I don't bet that's September.
1: Oh, my Cause God. I know the show is in September. I didn't know if nominations were like right before the
0: show or whatever. No. Well. They have to. They have to campaign, Michael. Why? Succession's going to win. <laughs> gonna Succession and Abbott Elementary did. probably win. It'll be Abbott against Ted Lasso, right? You, well, the, the comedy's pretty good, actually. The f- get Maisel in there, I guess. hand I clicked on daytime Emmys. This, we uh, we got to end the show. We got to end the show. We gotta get what hullabaloo. <laughs>
1: This is just this is just the the meanderings of two unwell men. Guys, as always we want to hear from you if you've made it this far how and why let us know that but also let us know your thoughts on anything we discussed this episode specifically and most importantly with the, uh, the th- your thoughts on the potential sag after a strike how do you think it all shakes out from the strike point of view what do you, do you think about the box office for Spider-Verse uh anything else we talked about in this episode as well as you can leave us your thoughts comments questions concerns about anything we talk about in the MMO Empire on our social media as we are Mike July Michael, 12th Oscar. there you go July. July 12th,
0: 12th Emmy nominations Emmy nominations
1: come out So you got a good Two months from there uh, okay. Our social medias Are Mike Mike and Oscar <laughs> On Facebook and Instagram At MM and Oscar On Twitter Mike Mike and Oscar At gmail.com And on Reddit We're available Wherever you do hear Podcasts If you're listening to us On either the Apple Podcasts Or Spotify apps If you appreciate What we do here If you would, would not mind Leaving us a five star review Those help us out immensely Thank you to everyone Who has done so thus far Michael Let's have some words of
0: wisdom And what's coming next from us it is wise to avoid this airborne toxic event. Yeah. Maybe maybe watch White Noise again while you're inside. Uh, everybody stay safe out there. Otherwise, what's coming next, I am going to Tribeca, I think. Maybe, I hope. If yeah, it's not does, canceled. <laughs> does it get canceled? Uh, I really am looking forward to Tribeca. I'm going Saturday, Sunday, and Tuesday. I'm seeing a lot of movies. I'm seeing a lot of premieres at the big... Uh, You know BMCC there. I'm really excited, so I'll be uh, doing an episode with a friend of the show Scott Yeager at some point, uh, reviewing 20 plus films. Otherwise, I'm sure we're gonna do at least a three-part series on Rise of the Beast. What do we decide? Seven? I don't know. um, We we have to review Past Lives and Asteroid City. Are we gonna review The Flash? Are we gonna review the Transformers? I don't know. What the hell are we doing? We didn't we need a I can't in good conscience do the flash. We need a production meeting yeah. is what we need. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should do that live on mic next. <laughs> just <laughs> let the people see all, all the insanity on just, just <laughs> ramble and babble <laughs> nonsense. And that's when we choose to do our production meetings, folks. At the <laughs> end of episodes and it's just blah, 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 blah. So it's wise probably not to do that. You're right.
1: <laughs> Guys, when reality sucks, you can come to a production meeting with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you very soon.
0: See ya.